Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juicebox. Oh boy. And welcome to another edition of uh, the Coronavirus Raising Nashville uh, podcast. With the coronavirus, it brings some challenges. Right before this all started here in Nashville, Tennessee, another challenge was presented to us, and that was the tornadoes. Right. I feel like people are forgetting about that. I mean... Obviously, a lot of p- local people aren't forgetting about it, but I mean, that there's still, if you go over to East Nashville, I went and got pickup from uh, Five Points Pizza the other day, and I drove through there, and I still just like, there's so many houses and so many businesses that are just leveled. There's That's nothing. True. And I don't know if a lot of you, uh, before all of this started, watched that documentary on HBO called McMillions, but this kind of reminds me of that, is McMillions was a pretty big story, and it was it was released the day before the 9-11 attacks. So it got completely buried, and, oh, it, okay. and it was this big. If you haven't seen McMillions on HBO, right. I recommend I, it. But the tornado hits Nashville, and then we are hit by the biggest thing that has happened in 100 years in the world. But... Nashvillians are resilient. We, you know, kind of we've rolled with the punches and we've seen this before. Specifically, we saw this before and that's what we want to focus on today is a Nashville episode. We have seen this 10 years ago. It is almost 10 years to the day from the 2010 Nashville flood. Yep. And two of us actually went through that flood and uh Juicebox moved here the same year as the flood a couple of months after. So um, what we want to do today for you guys is kind of just remember it and, and give you some facts and give you some history, but we want to tell stories and we know that it's still with the people in Nashville today. And it is. And I just want to say too, like as somebody that moved here from out of town, like I knew about the flood, it was weirdly, I feel like slept on by the national media when it happened. Like sure. it was a major disaster that happened here. And there was not much national coverage like there would be in other places, which was kind of weird. So coming from, you know, outside of Nashville, when I moved here, I didn't really know the extent of the damage. I knew that the mall was still closed because of it. And I knew some other things were still closed. So I knew that something had happened, but it, the scale of it never really sank in until I really started to look into it a little bit. No, I mean, it was a 500 year flood and that's kind of unheard of, right? It is, but that's also like kind of hard to wrap your mind like i don't know what that means it's funny it's funny you ask i i I did a lot of research on this and i did not know this before today so i'm going to ask you guys some questions and uh you know basically for our listership out there um this will be good it is good like what else there are a couple of years ago yeah there's (laughs) no this has nothing to do with the history (laughs) in ancient rome no Before, if you listen to our podcast, you get, get old boys jokes. I still don't. But it's all right. No, no, no. Do. I'm interested. Keep going. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I really am. I didn't. Mean what to do you think a hundred year flood is? That's a, a pretty. Ter- it's a term. It's it's, it's a around natural disaster that occurs roughly every hundred or so years. Sure. Um, so that's wrong, and that is exactly. <laughs> 
That's exactly what I thought too. Okay. And because when this was happening, and it's actually since then, the 2010 flood in Nashville, more specifically the southeast where all of this occurred, has been considered a thousand year flood. And you think, well, you couldn't get more than 500, you get to a thousand, right? Um, I hear the term hundred year flood. Apparently there are more terms. There are 50 year flood. There's 10, there's even 10 year, five year floods, right? And it has nothing to do with the occurrence of the flood. It actually has to do with the probability of occurrence. And what that means is a hundred year flood means there is a 1% chance that this type of flood is going to happen in that given year. So it's all percentages. For example, a 500-year flood, there's a 0.2% chance that a type of flood of that magnitude would happen within that given year. So when you say a 500-year flood, it's not happening every 500 years. Legitimately or realistically, this could happen two years in a row and then not again for 300 years. It's all about the, uh, the floodplain. Um, so a floodplain in a hundred year flood is an area that can reasonably be expected to have a 1% chance of being flooded every year. If you're looking for this on a graph, so you think of the lowest parts that you can think of in the city, right? right. Um, that has a pretty good percent and a higher probability of being flooded with a simple rain, depending on, you know, how much rain you think about those uh, ditches in the front of your yard and water running through those or sure. okay. uh, creeks in the back of your yard where water consistently runs when it rains, right? Tributaries, that, got Yeah, it. that is a very high percent chance on rain. When the elevation goes a little bit higher, that starts to mess with the percentages. So you're thinking, how much rain does it take to fill this much land? And then you get a little bit higher than that on elevation. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, we're not experts here, but that's basically how the percentages work. I like where you're going. Though. So how high it gets um, above, it's not sea level, but wherever the water normally resides, however high it gets above that, that is where, you know, the percentages start to go down. So you can't, for example, in Nashville, you can't get up to Fifth Avenue. You know, that's there's a very 1% chance you can get that high. You know, even gotcha. if the levees break and the crests and the dams fall over and everything, right? So it has nothing to do with the occurrence of, you know, how long between each flood. These things can happen all the time, which is kind of scary, especially here in Nashville for the ones who've lived through it. Because if you get that much rain over 48 hours, if you, you know, if you're pushing 10 hours now in Nashville, you're kind of freaking out and you're like, man, I remember this before. A couple of Sundays ago, it rained a shit ton, ton. like a ton, like our backyard, there was streams going in our backyard. Like same thing you were talking about the giant, the stream that's usually dry at the back of our like property was flowing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just maybe eight hours of consistent rain. Yeah. You know, that was maybe a, maybe a couple inches. Eight yeah. hours is a lot, too. It um, is. It is a lot. I mean, and my whole yard was saturated for a long time, but, you know, that's still, even in that eight hours, as hard as it was raining, it was still just maybe a couple inches. This how, is nowhere close to what we're talking about. Right. How, how long did this flood, When? tell us when it started. It was, well, it was 48 plus hours of consistent rainfall and when you think about eight hours and it filling up that 
ditch in the front of your yard and you know your yard might be flooded in certain areas this was 48 hours it was it started on saturday may 1st and then went through uh, like through sunday i guess sure um and the thing about it was is it was like the crazy weather pattern just had the storm circulating back on itself so it just kept circulating back around instead of dissipating and just dumping more and more rain on nashville um some of the stuff i looked up which was kind of mind-blowing was it was 13 inches of rain i think dumped on nashville and in that 48 hour span or it was even less than 48 hours it was maybe like 36 hours which shattered all records on books it was 19 inches which was double the record that had been in Nashville before, which was in uh, 1979, I think, or 1975. One yep, 75. Because before that, I, I remember, or I've looked, I don't remember, I've looked this up. Uh, the largest flood in Nashville prior to the 2010 flood was in 1927. And they got 10.68 inches of rain. And then this, you know, in 75, I think they got... Maybe around the same, but they didn't flood as bad. And then we got the, you said 13? 19. 19. 19 and, inches I mean, just of rain. shatters, you know. And, and that's, gen- you know, some more, some less, obviously, but that was the average. You ever seen that picture of five points flooded? That's from the, the 20s, old one? Right? From the yeah. 20s. The 27? Yeah, that's the 20s. Yeah. That's the one that, uh, is it hanging up in Three Crow? I, I think know. it is three crow that you can go see. It's either there or the red door. It's not red door. <laughs> it's, you would know. I would know. So anyway, I'm just going to run through some of the stats of it. Yeah, yeah. There was uh You have to remind people because there's a lot of people who have moved here since the flood. And they might not know about it. And they might you know, want to learn a thing or two. They've heard about it. They've seen the slogans. They've seen everything. Right. Um, well, I feel like if you moved here, especially after maybe 2015, you probably don't. Well... I'm not going to say you don't know about it, right? But I'm going to say people it, talk about it, it all the it's time. Ar- yeah, but I'm going to say it's kind of already in the in the rearview mirror a little bit. So anyway, 11 people in Davidson County died, and that like there was a variety of like people getting swept away in their cars, uh, people that were swept away just like trying to cross a stream, some yep. people that were trapped in their house. Like it was it was pretty intense. There was 11,000 properties damaged, uh, and 10,000 people lost their homes. The flood caused two billion dollars in private damage and 120 million in public infrastructure, which, which I feel like so, that was like a stat that uh, the Tennessean had. Yeah, which honestly seemed kind of low because that doesn't even seem like it would take account to like interstates and stuff like that. That were because like I, I think it was I 40 was really wrecked from uh from the flood. It was uh, and a, and a 24 lot of, was too. I think maybe. Yeah, I th- is it? F- 40 was going out towards Bellevue, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you are from Nashville, you probably vividly remember. I cut this out, uh, the cover of a Nashville scene um, one month after it had the very next issue of the Nashville scene was these semis and these cars at that big dip. And if you know where you're like, belt when you're going 40 to Bellevue, it, it declines and then it kind of goes back up. And th- that entire area was just full of trucks stopped and cars all the way up the interstate i don't know it's it's going to be etched in my you know photographic memory forever you have a photographic memory (laughs) don't we all Mm. when's your birthday again so the cumberland river crested at 51.86 feet 
at 6 p.m. on May 3rd, which was actually that Monday. So, you know, I guess the rain comes and then the actual final flood comes the next day or whatever. Flood stage is 40 feet. So if that gives you any idea, that's almost yeah. 12 feet over that. The previous record was 1975. It was 47.6 feet. 1975 downtown compared to 2010 downtown and surrounding area. That's a lot more people. That's a lot more areas to be. Well, and just the whole sure. surrounding area. Opry Mills Mall was more or less destroyed. Opryland Hotel took a lot of damage, especially in all their main areas, like their whole rotunda or whatever you want to call that. Atrium Botanical, that. Yeah. yeah, whatever that is. All that was wrecked, which I'm sure it cost them a lot of money, but they flipped it and made it super nice. So I don't Yeah. <laughs> they did use it as an opportunity, and I think that's Gaylord, the, the company that owned it prior to Marriott buying it. They had a ton right. of money. And it was it's the largest uh, indoor hotel outside of Las Vegas in the United States. And so they, they wanted to protect that. Anything flood related, obviously, you know, the first things are gonna crest are the tributaries the streams sure uh the rivers and being close to the cumberland river really killed opryland yeah because it's right there but yeah. everything else the stones river uh, the harpeth river like anything that would you know flowed out of the cumberland river was attached anywhere in the attached to a lake here in you know uh, not only davidson county but sumner county and, and you know other surrounding counties in nashville right. they got hit seriously hard and a lot of people associate the flood with nashville and they see all the pictures of downtown and they see the pictures of nissan state and they see the pictures of opryland they realize that they consider the epicenter of this flood to be bellevue which is you right. know, where we touched on the interstate because the most properties were damaged most people lost their lives in bellevue it was mm-hmm. a a pretty big deal and you know we would be remiss to not bring up the fact that of those 11 people that died in, in Davidson County, there was one guy that wasn't found until five months after the flood happened. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It just goes to show you, don't mess around with, like... Flash flooding. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, take that very serious. There's so many... I mean, and you hear so many stories about that. People thinking they could drive across... I'm not I'm not saying... I don't know what this guy did, but, you sure, know, just, yeah. like, somebody thinking that, oh, that water's not that deep, and the next thing you know, they're getting swept downstream. And yeah. They are scary in in regards to uh, monetary damage in the United States. Also, look this up and got some stats from it. But uh, the floods are the number one uh, monetary damage causing thing in the United States every single year. Like yeah. by yeah. far, that makes sense. I mean, water itself is one of the most destructive forces in nature. Sure. So. Well, and also sense. when your house gets flooded, like you basically have to gut everything because you can't have mold and all that stuff growing in your wall. You don't know what was in that yeah. water. Like you're basically just ripping it down and ripping into the studs and starting over. Yeah. So let me just jump back to Opryland Hotel real quick. One thing I saw that was kind of interesting and I wish I could have dove a little bit deeper into it was um, they ended up suing the uh, Army Corps of Engineers and the National Weather Service for not giving enough warning that these storms were going to come through to like give get you know they had no way to prepare for them because right. they they had to evacuate I think I read fifteen hundred people from the hotel to it said to a local high school which I assume was uh, what's the high school we used to play McGavick McGavick uh, yeah McGavick. I'm assuming it was McGavick 
which is crazy. Can you imagine you're staying at Opryland Hotel? You paid all this money for a room there. They get you out in the middle of the night and just like, we have to take you to, to, McGavick. to, McGavick. to McGavick High School. You have to leave your went. car. You have to leave all your stuff. You just have to like go. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that luxury travelers would not enjoy that. I honestly think that if I was in a natural disaster and they took me to an old high school, you'd get beat up. <laughs> um, that lawsuit was eventually thrown out. Like they were like, "Whatever, you, you know, you can't sue. It's a natural disaster. Sure, like, it's what do you what do you want from us?" But there was some. It seemed like there what they had something behind their lawsuit. You know, there was something about how the National Weather Service and the Army Corps of Engineers didn't really communicate enough to maybe open the dams or you know right. control control the flow of water somehow a little bit better. Not, I mean, with that much rain, I don't know how much of a you know I'm not an expert. I don't know how this works, but it doesn't seem like it would have been. But were they suing for? They were suing for damages of private property, right? They were suing for damages of the hotel because they were saying that this could have been prevented if they would have been in better communication. Like, not. Don't you think everybody would have sued for that? You're like, hey, Nashville, you want to get in on this class action thing? Like, well, they. I think a lot of people tried. I think this one got thrown out. It did get thrown out. So I mean, they got nothing from it. But then they ended up spending two hundred and fifty million dollars or something to renovate the place and turn it into what it is now. So in in addition to that, um, the mall was destroyed. So that's one thing I want to touch on real quick was like when I first moved here, the mall was not open. I knew, you know, I sure. knew that it got hit by the flood. There was nothing going on over there besides for Opulent Hotel, which ended up taking several, I think reopened in November or December of that year. So when I first moved here, like we went to Rivergate Mall, like Rivergate Mall was still kind of popping off. Like it was, it was <laughs> they had so, just recarpeted. There was stuff there. Um, there was like a movie theater out there and stuff like, yeah. I, you know, I, I went and saw several movies out there at Rivergate and then Opryland or I'm sorry, Opry Mills opened back up and it was just like Rivergate became a ghost town. Yeah. Yeah. Because Rivergate. you realize what you had before this disaster, and they rebuilt it. And the, So and that's the, my question. Was it the same before? I think we've talked about this on a previous it podcast. It was better. But it was better before the flood? It was better. It had a bookstore. So anyway, in addition to that, the uh, Grand Ole Opry was flooded also. Um, a cool thing about that, like it took them until October to reopen but in the meantime they were just bouncing around to venues around town to, so it was never the show was never really interrupted I don't think even like even the Wednesday after the flooding I think they played at either the Ryman or War Memorial or War something Memorial. like that Memorial. and yep. and the and the funny thing about that is and that's been in the news lately is the fact that the Grand Old Opry still has not stopped and during COVID-19 or the coronavirus, they uh, they they specifically made it so that just the artists are getting on that stage and they're having like one person record it inside the Grand Old Opry. It's pretty cool. And they they you know for almost a hundred years now they they don't want to stop this weekly show and right. it's pretty cool. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Hey, I got a question. So this virus we're going through, is it a thousand year virus or <laughs> like I'm, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm I, mean, I would a say dirt. it's a hundred year virus. 100 I mean, a hundred year years right? ago, the influenza attacked. Right. And it kind of did the same flu, thing. Yeah. This, this is on 
a higher, uh, a bigger scale than that. I think the flu it, was a not a bigger scale than the Spanish flu. I don't think no. that that was handled the same way this is. Well, it wasn't able to. There's no. so much more. I mean, because that was also happened during World War One when you know there was no distancing conditions like sure. that were going to happen. Like, so that's a big part of it. A lot of the, a lot of the casualties from World War One are due to the Spanish flu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they didn't know what social distancing was. Everybody was... Well, they, so maybe, I think they did, but I think there was just war. I mean, I think they right, knew how diseases have. were communicated, but they were also like, okay, there's people shooting at us and trying to take over our country. Yeah. And we're getting derailed here, so let's not let's not start talking about this more. Since we're talking about music venues, uh, the Scrimmer Horn was another one that was like, took major damage during that. They were under... They had 24 feet of water inside the Scrimmer Horn Symphony uh, Center. 24 feet. I mean, it goes down. When you walk right. in, you kind of go down to the floor. So I completely understand that. I mean, you see pictures of LP Field or Nissan Stadium, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Uh, the entire lower bowl was you know, filled yeah. with water. I'm looking at one of those pictures right now. They're great. Uh, on the Tennessee, and they've got a, like a great article. On them. Well, they've, where... they've done like multiple great articles, I guess, but... Um, two pianos inside the scrimmer horn that were like um, grand pianos were destroyed. They were valued at more than one hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! And that's Dang. that's that's one of the things that like I do remember. Ta- like so many musical instruments. Like Bucky, where was that warehouse? That uh, it was uh, it was on the other side of Cumberland River, but down like close to Diggerson or where Top Golf is. Like right right behind where the new Top Golf is. There's all those warehouses back there. They housed like 3,000 instruments. All of that got destroyed. But the biggest thing was um, there was a lot of instruments like Brad Paisley and Toby Keith. And I know those are big names, but all of their instruments were held below um, Municipal Auditorium in the basement. And they had this huge thing, and it was an underground thing for Nashville session musicians. And they would go down there and play, and you know they would house their instruments down there. And when they were ready to go on tour, they would go pick it up from there. Uh, that got flooded, and then they re, which was a positive, which they rebuilt the basement of the uh, municipal auditorium to the musicians' hall of fame, partly because that happened, and. Yeah, I know it's a, not a big deal to, you know, people who are famous have tons of money, but those are instruments that made them famous. That's yeah, how I yeah, look at it, right. you know, and that's where they were storing them and that got flooded, destroyed all the instruments. But there was that warehouse close to where your mom worked. Yeah, off Cowan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on Soundstage. Yeah, uh, uh, Soundtrack. But yeah. Soundtrack. Yeah. I want to, you know, I kind of want to get into uh, stories because I know... Yeah, old boy was here when the flood happened. I was here when the flood happened, and we want to, you know, give kind of our perspective on, holy shit, this is happening, but you don't really realize it when it's going on. Like you don't realize until it's over when you're in the epicenter of something, you know. Yeah. And that tornado comes through, or that flood happens, you don't really realize how big it is until you start seeing TV and the coverage. Yeah, if you're not immediately affected, yes. So I vividly remember the flood. Yeah. We're, all right. You want me to talk about me? All right. So I was 
I, was, I don't want you to talk about okay, you. I, I don't want have you to give to. a story about Well, there's a few things. The history One, lesson. I was out Friday night downtown, and I would parked in a parking garage in a basement garage downtown. Saturday morning, I went and got my car. I, now, I wish I hadn't because I could have said goodbye to that <laughs> fucking car. Uh, quit, quit those pay notes. Uh, so um, there's that. Also, I had just signed uh, – I just bought a house. I was living on Shelby Avenue. I was probably a mile from the river. And we weren't at risk or anything, the the house I was renting, because uh, it would never crest that hill that goes to uh, Shelby Projects and then down on Shelby. So it wouldn't go up that high. Sure. But I was right there. But you don't know. I don't. You don't know. But here's the thing. I just signed to buy a house, and it flooded <laughs> It flooded that basement. I forgot all about it until we were just talking about this. No kidding. Um, yep. It flooded that basement there, and I went there, and it was about a foot of water in there, and it immediately it, it went down, and it didn't. There's nothing in it to mess with. It's just concrete blocks, but uh, yeah. So that was just that. more from the amount of rain, just in the rain river. It's not the river, but yeah, it's just it's still flooded during that during that time. Right. So that's ground like ground, right? Yes. Backflow, or uh, yeah, I would say groundwater, and uh, anyway. Now, I'll tell one more story, all right? At the time, I was working for this pool company, and Nashville is flooding, okay? It's Saturday. Everything's just, everything's flooding. We know it, we know what's going down. Are all the pools flooding? Hell yeah, okay? <laughs> it's it's everywhere. There's nothing you can do about it. And I get this call from this property manager. We'll call him, uh, we'll call him. John. We'll call him John. Anyway, so he calls me. He says, hey, I need you to get out to this place out in fucking Bellevue. The pool's flooding. I said, dude. <laughs> have you water. Ter- I said, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's fucking leave it alone. Nothing's going to happen to it. I was like, have you turned the news on? Had he not? <laughs> I, I, he's like, I, I don't care. I was like, no, no, no. I, for real. You need to turn the news on. Everything is flooding. I was like, I'm not going over there to do anything to this fucking water. Like, get, get, get so the that's, fuck out of here. So that's actually funny. He might not have turned the news on. Well, I had to tell him. I was like, you need to turn it. Call me next week, dude. But so then, he like, just got a text from somebody or a call and was like, immediately called you. This is flooding yeah. because people didn't understand. And that's right. the thing well, yeah, that, that I want be. a lot of our listenership to, I want this to sink in, is we didn't know what was happening when it was happening. And I'll give a prime example of that is I went somewhere probably that Friday night. It was over a weekend, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, because it, it didn't really affect work that much until the following week. Sure. And we go home, and I think I go over to somebody's house on Friday night, and I come home on Saturday. At this time, I'm living in uh, uh, Cleveland Park in East Nashville. It was not the best part of town, right? And so I am in this duplex, uh, ground-level house built. I go inside. I call this girl that I am interested in at the time, and she invites me to come to her parents' house. And that's that's Uh-oh. a big step. And it was pretty early into this thing, right? So we had been kind of talking. We see each other for a while. The flood, This is an important story. So the... the Friday night, I go home. I say, you know, Sunday it's going to be this great day. I'm going to go meet your parents, and you know, it'll be a, it'll be a good thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go home Friday night, and I go to sleep. And I wake up on Saturday. I'm like, everything's cool. You know, it's raining. Still going to go over to the house. Might not be able to, you know, hang out in the yard. But you know, I don't like close 
quarters, but I'll still go tomorrow. So it, it continues to rain all day, and I'm just like, all right, cool. Start drinking, watching some movies. I'm living by myself at the time. I go to sleep again. I wake up the next day. I'm getting ready, right? I wake up. I go to the bathroom. I start putting on whatever I can to impress whoever's parents I'm going to see. And okay. I'm, I'm excited. And so this is Sunday? This is Sunday. Okay. It's Sunday, 10 a.m. We're, we're, call, we're calling it post-church crowd. Okay. And I am getting ready. I go to the front door. I open the door. And the water is up to my doorstep. And I lived a little bit up on this hill with a couple of steps up to my porch, which another step up to my door. And I was just completely blown away. And I, call, I, remember, I remember calling this girl. And I, she lived kind of north of Nashville. Um, and, you know, up In the Kentucky? ridge. Up the ridge. Not, nor- not Kentucky, but northern Nashville up the ridge. And I call her, and she thinks that I'm trying to get out of it by using a flood as a thing because they had not been flooded up there. And this is probably before you had a camera on your phone? No camera on my phone. Oh, shit. Um, I didn't think about so that. So this water is probably from street level, from where you park your car to my door, I'm going to say six feet. So your car was flooded? My car was, the back end of my car was flooded. My trunk and like the back wheels were underneath the water. Like I parked on this little hill thing. Um, But I went to bed Saturday night thinking, this is going to be the greatest day on Sunday. You know, I'm finally in. And then I wake up and she thinks that I'm using a flood as an excuse. Um, Hmm. Dang, man. So was that it? That's it. I mean, y'all didn't go on another date? No more. That was it. That was it. So she was using the flood as an excuse. <laughs> I think so, too, yeah. Because, come on, I mean, come on. She had to have re- heard the news. But I do remember after that, I was like, all right, well, fuck it. Um, I'm going to, you know, I cracked a beer. I was like, this isn't going to stop me. Walk down the street. Uh, I'm in Cleveland Park. I go to Ellington Parkway. I walk all the way to Ellington Parkway. And I look, you know, the bridges there on Cleveland and Douglas and Trinity. And it was a river flowing down Ellington Parkway from Dang. each edge. From side to side, you could oh, not right, see the yeah. street. You could not see anything. Um, yeah. It was all water. And I was blown away. I remember taking a couple of pictures Uh Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> oh. Of my camera that I had with me. Mm. You know, back when you had digital cameras? Yeah. Yeah. But phones definitely had cameras in 2010. Yeah, I, I just so. didn't, I couldn't afford one. Mm, I don't know. I don't know, private school kid. I do want to plug something else. So we kind of touched upon my mom working at Soundcheck, which is a soundstage, and they also stored a bunch of equipment. Uh, musical equipment they were right on the river sure um so when it flooded it came in and just destroyed the inside of that building and she spent a good year like quarterbacking and getting all that renovated and it was really tough on her but she did a hell of a job so i want to give a shout out to my mom and just give her a a huge applause thank you jan she did she did uh it's really it was really tough on her, and I know I know, but she did a hell of a job. So, but that's I, the yeah. thing: it's rebuilding Nashville, and uh, uh, not a lot of people know this, and a lot of 
Instagrammers and people who love murals and this, you know, popularity of everything that's going on right now. Honestly, it started with, again, I'll say this, Nashville's resiliency and the whole I believe in Nashville notion and the murals that you see that say I believe in Nashville. This all started from May of 2010. Um, and, and there's so many people that moved to Nashville and think, I believe in Nashville is just this Instagrammable thing. Yeah. And they have no idea. They didn't look into it. They don't know where it comes from. Right. And that's a big deal to us. The local Nashvillians that were here because we all chipped in and we supported and we were out there volunteering just like people were right after these tornadoes happened before yeah. COVID-19, mm-hmm. you know, before we, this social distancing, I feel like, you know, we saw positive news reports on a daily basis of people just chipping in, going to North Nashville, going to Hermitage, going to Mount Juliet, going to, you know, Cookville. And they were just, all we wanted to do was help, you know, donating yeah. things to people. And then this hits and then we kind of shift our focus I just want to say, like, yeah, when those tornadoes hit, it was the exact same response as it seemed like it was back then. Like, so many people jumping in and so many people, like, donating money and time and everything like that. Like, it's amazing to see how people can actually throw down all their differences and come together when this shit really matters. You know, we're seeing something similar like that now. Like, even with this virus, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, you're trying to if you're not going out to your favorite bar, all these bars have like Patreons and stuff like donate, you know, some money to it or whatever. Well, just strong community support. And, and that's just something Nashville's always had juice box. I think you and I got the, our, our notes from the same place. I read that, that this, uh, the recovery effort had 29,000 volunteers. <laughs> History channel.com. <laughs> <laughs> and all of those volunteers were aliens. Uh, no, the, <laughs> there was a uh, three hundred and seventy-five thousand service hours put into to the recovery effort, and over fourteen million dollars in donations. Which yeah. I don't know. And I think Hands On Nashville was like the people that spearheaded that too. And it was people that spearheaded the tornado relief too. And it, it's just like I said, same thing. Like just so many people coming together to like help their neighbors and help the community. Yeah, it's cool. You say, uh, and I hate to get into numbers, but you know, earlier two billion dollars worth of damage, and yeah. we raised fourteen million during the flood. Right. But you, as a country, as a city, as somebody who moved here, somebody who's from here, saw that fourteen million apparently went a long way because sure. it, it's an igniter. It ignites the you know economic development that comes from that exactly and that two billion is also taking into account the 250 million dollars that opryland hotel is claiming and opry mills mall is claiming and like all that stuff you know that 14 million dollars goes a long way for regular people sure it still does today and we we've raised a lot of money you know since uh the tornadoes have happened covid19 coronavirus happened it kind of overshadowed that we touched on that earlier in the podcast but we still want to focus on that and they've raised quite a bit of money i mean i don't know if it's as much as the flood yet but i think over time it will be um we will tornado relief funds yeah yeah we will re you know rebuild and the, the i believe in nashville we keep going back to that because it's uh i used to and i've said this on previous podcasts before i thought it was 
kind of cheesy after a while. You forget about the flood, like you said earlier in this. Well, it becomes such a tourist thing. Like, it it lost its meaning for a while there, I feel like. Absolutely. People want to take pictures by it. Yeah. And it's in three different places in Nashville for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's so the people that went through that never forget... And the people that come here hopefully want to research it. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, why would you go to a city and, and look at something that says, I believe in Nashville? I, it but I, exists. But I, I can't talk too much trash, though, because it took me. I mean, I lived here for years before I really started, before I knew how big of an impact the flood had on the city, besides for closing the mall down. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, we come back yeah and we we've seen this so many times and uh, again what we can go further back than 1927 but there was a flood in 27 and 75 you know there's there's been tornadoes uh most recent and you know 1999 that came through rivergate came through downtown east nashville tore out that uh the the flood of you know 2010 and we've got the tornadoes of 2020 and then now this pandemic and you know this virus that we haven't seen in a hundred years we will come back and that that that's just you know what we are as as nashvillians that's what makes this city great the moniker music city usa uh and bachelor at capital of the world <laughs> pedal taverns and you know kid rocks big honky tonk bar dong Big donkey, donkey. Yeah. There's a lot of words there. Big donkey, honky, right? Tonk, Roberts man. will be back. Red Door will be back, old boy. Uh, well, I've got you. Know. I've got you covered. I'm. I'm I think hopeful. financially, there's a lot of people who won't make it through this. But I know as Nashville, if you want to make it through this, just ask. Ask for help. You know, we we're all we can get together as a community and we can support those places that we all love and know. Yep. And we've done it before. We, you know, wanted to bring it up for the 10 year anniversary because we just wanted to share a couple of stories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some more revealing than others, but. Well, we- yeah, it's, it's something to think about too is like, um, I mean, since 2010, there's been a big boom in the city. Huge. It'd be I was interesting say. to know, like, after the 1975 flood, I wonder if there was a boom in the city after that, after, you know, properties are destroyed and other people take stuff over and businesses mm-hmm. close and businesses open. Facelift. True. And you, you say that because in 2009 was the, the recession. In 2010, we get hit with the flood. Now we get hit with the tornado and the coronavirus. So it's the one-two punch we've yeah. always been able to come back from. So that is a positive thing to think about. Um, we hope you've enjoyed another episode of Racing Nashville Podcast. As always, wherever you are listening to us today, please take 30 seconds out of your day to like us, rate us, uh, tell your friends. Tell your mama. Tell your mama. You know We're- what? Let's just start saying tell your friends. We don't have to tell people to rate us or like us. Like yeah, You don't want to tell mamas? No, no tell, you tell, tell yeah. your mom and them. Tell, yeah, tell, right, tell your mom and them. Yeah, tell your mom and them. But who cares about the ratings and all that shit? Like, Can whatever. that be our tagline? Raising Nashville. Tell T- your mom and them. Tell your mom and them. <laughs> yeah, fair it, enough. It, it's kind of stealing from something, I feel like. But it's, yeah, that's <laughs> Is that right. Friday? Uh, maybe. Yeah. 
Hey, we'll uh, see you guys every Monday. We do this all the time. We hope you like it. I'm going to get five points pizza. Tell your mama. <laughs> Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you don't have children, have one. Have one. Catch up. Yeah. We want you to know what we go through. Yeah. The fear. <laughs>